At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name, receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offences! For it must needs be that offences come, but woe to that man by whom the offence cometh. Christ's disciples come to him asking who's the greatest. They just all wanted to be great. Who, who wants to be great? Everybody wants to be great. Sometimes we criticize them for this question, but we know Jesus is the greatest. So I don't know the purpose of the question. And so Christ uses the child as a metaphor, brings a little child to him, sets him down in the middle of the little small group of disciples here and says, assuredly, in other words, you can underline everything I'm about to say. I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, we have to be born again to enter the kingdom, do we not? Which means to become as a child, to start over. Unless you're converted and become as little children, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Don't worry about who's being greatest. Who gets to be in the kingdom is the big question. And it requires our becoming like children Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Who knows? Children are humble. They forgive on command. Now, you forgive her, and he will. You forgive him, and she will. I mean, some are a little more hard-hearted than others, but they will. Do that to an adult. Tell me if it works. I have a right to be angry. I have a right to be bitter. I have a right to hold on. I was done wrong. I'm angry. And so we're not childlike in our humility. We're prideful and we hold on to sinful attitudes. Whoever receives one little child like this, now he's telling us to be like a child and then he refers to the child. Whoever receives a little child like this in my name as my representative, as my possession, if we receive a child, we're receiving Jesus. Look at that. Whoever receives a little child in my name receives me. At another place he said, whoever receives me receives him who sent me. So if you reject children, you're, you're messing up your relationship with the Father and the Son. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. I love that piece of art. Look at that shark looking at him. <laughs> Woe to the world because of offenses. Who knows the world offends children, is offended by children. 
wants to do away with children, is indebting children. Oh, yeah. Fight going down in Washington, all about laying debt on the backs of future children. Could care less about the future. Woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses must come. But woe to that man by whom the offense comes. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us from your word in such a way that we view life differently and we live according to the biblical worldview in Jesus' name. Give us ears to hear things maybe we've never heard before. Open our minds and hearts. Even those in this room that may disagree with me on everything, may they hear me out in Jesus' name and have the courage to talk to me afterwards. God bless you. Amen. A parallel passage to this is in the next gospel, the book of Mark, chapter 9, 35 through 37. If anyone wants to be first, he must make himself last of all and servant of all. You want to be great? Make yourself the least. Prefer others. He then took a little child whom he set among them and embraced and said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child such as this in my name welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes or receives or respects me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. There it is again. We're talking today on honoring the young. Now, if you're older than young, your time's coming on a future Sunday, so just keep coming back. But young folks, this is for you. And old folks, this is for us. We must live in light of the truth. Another parallel passage in the next chapter of Mark, chapter 10, verse 13 and 14 says, people were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. Get those snotty-nosed kids away. Don't you see he's busy? I don't know if they said that, but I've, I've heard adults talk like that. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, now here... He had an attitude. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. They have every right to citizenship in the kingdom as anybody. The Holy Spirit they have is the same Holy Spirit we have. There is no baby Holy Spirit. A famous evangelist in the 19th century was named Dwight L. Moody. There's a university named after him up in the Chicago area. He went to a church service and ministered, came home. They says, did anybody become converted? Anybody get saved? He said, yes, three and a half. Oh, three adults and a child? No, three children and one adult. <laughs> he said, think about it. The adult has half their life to live. The children have their whole life to live. Their whole life. So Christ, we see him as a 12-year-old ministering, and then we don't see him again until he's 30. What does he do during those 18 years? Well, we know he has four brothers and at least two sisters, and a dad that eventually passed away, his stepfather, Joseph. He's helping his mama raise those kids, I guarantee you. He was in children's ministry before he ever went into his global international ministry. So if you long for... Lear jets and 18-wheelers and big tents to reach the nations for Christ. 
If you don't have a heart for the generations, we'll never reach the nations. Because the nations we reach will raise their kids just like we do. And so the ministry we have won't last long. Anyway. Speaking of little children, Yvette and I have the joy of witnessing our first grandchild get baptized. Brenlin Joy is a believer who has obeyed the Lord by being buried in the waters of baptism yesterday in Dallas, and her daddy had the privilege of doing it. Jesus continues, verse 15 of Mark 10, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. The Jewish nation has this as a custom, laying hands on their kid at Shabbat and speaking, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May you be a doctor, may you be a lawyer, may you be a... You had to be here last Sunday to know what that was about. Honoring the young. Children are the Lord's reward. W.C. Fields became famous, and yet he, his part of his shtick was he didn't like kids or dogs. And he would say, a guy that hates kids and dogs can't be all bad. We laughed because it's insane to think like that, right? Psalms 127 says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Many in our culture see it as not a reward. Why is our culture that way? They have no vision for overcoming obstacles. The greatest heroes we have were people that came through hard times. Incredible obstacles. Nobody knows about the people that take an easy way out. They're, they're dead and gone. But the heroes are guys that plowed through stuff. And so if you have an unexpected child on the way, don't check out. Your life is not over. Your life now has purpose. God knows when I was young, I had purposes that weren't any good. But the Lord redirected me, and I had a hand in it. All right. Treating them right secures our reward. There's a reward from the Lord with your children. We saw that. And there's a reward from treating children right. Jesus said this in Matthew 10, 41. I believe this is a recipe for any healthy church. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. So what is a prophet's reward? The prophet is able to be a prophet when you respect him. Jesus comes to be the Messiah of the world, and in his own hometown, they wanted to kill him. They rejected him, and he could do no, the Bible says, no mighty works there because they didn't respect him. 
So they didn't get the reward of being the hometown of the Messiah. They should have benefited the most out of all the towns he visited. But because they didn't receive him, God's like, okay, you can't be all that I made you to be. You ever been to a family reunion where people don't really know you? They see you through the eyes of the past. You're the kid that messed his britches at the last family reunion. Let's say you, you have your reunions far apart, right? So they don't really know you. Your friends really know you because we receive each other. I'm talking to somebody. It's important that we receive our kin folks because this door swings both ways. Some of you have some awesome relatives, but you see them through the eyes of the past and you're getting ripped off. So the prophet's reward is a prophet is able to be a prophet to whoever receives him or her as a prophet. And he receives a righteous man or a righteous person in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. So righteous people are great, right? But if we view people as jailbirds and ex-cons and thugs and gangsters and not see them for, through the eyes of the love of God... Then we create a scenario of suspicion, and that person's not able to rise above. There's that thing in motivational speaking they call the law of the lid. They're not able to be all they can be in your midst because you diminish them. May the Lord make us a church where we respect one another, not through the eyes of the past, but through the eyes of the future. May you feel free to be all God has called you to be within the revelation of his word, right? So that you can shine. Take the bushel of the fear of man off and shine. Let's respect one another. So we'll talk about Billy Bob here on the front row. Billy Bob spent 25 years in prison. Billy Bob's a man of God. And we respect him as being the man of God he is and the man he's destined to be and we create an environment with that kind of attitude for him to grow. But if we view him to, to suspicion and won't help him make it in life, what does that do? That strengthens the old temptations to get him to come back and go back to his own ways. Then we're like, see, we knew he was no good. Well, you didn't, you didn't help the situation. So back to our subject, little children. If we give them a cup of cold water as though they were somebody important, as though they were a fully devoted, mature follower of Christ, a disciple, when they're not. They're snot-nosed kids that need correction all the time. But they got such potential. We will be rewarded if we're a place, if we're a people, if we're a family, if we're a community, where children have a measure of respect. Aren't they supposed to respect their elders? They are, but that's coming on another Sunday, okay. <laughs> Honoring the young. To dishonor them is to dishonor Jesus. He said in Mark 9, whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. Whoever receives me, receives not me, but him who sent me. So, if they're the Lord's heritage, and the fruit of the womb is the Lord's reward, then we got to receive the Lord's heritage and the Lord's reward. Amen? But if we don't, what are we doing? We are rejecting the source. You know, the world needed salvation. The world had huge problems. 
And what did the father do? He sent a baby. Talk about a reward. The seed of woman to come and bear the sins of the world. That is the heart of the gospel. So to reject little kids in general or specific. I'm not saying let an untrustworthy kid have the keys to your house. I'm not saying that. But love and respect goes a long way in helping a kid change their ways. The world's neglecting their kids way too much. In many ways, they are our example. What? How is a kid my example? Well, another parallel passage is in Luke 18, 16 and 17. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. How are they our example? They're humble. They'll forgive on command. They won't run around holding grudges unless we train them to. I can't believe you're playing with Junior Barnes. Don't you remember what he did to you yesterday? Don't train your child like that. They're creative. They're imaginative. Andy Duncan years ago was preaching here and back when we had overhead projectors. And we had two. We just had these two screens, a projector here, a projector there. And we, songs were on transparencies. And so he had two marks a lot and two scribes and had people in the crowd share admir- admirable attributes of children. And man, he filled up the transparency with words. And it was like, we didn't know Andy was loading a hand grenade, and then he pulled the pin with this question. You used to be like this. What happened? Imaginative, creative, adventurous, courageous, forgiving, humble, teachable, trainable, (laughs) (laughs) risk-taking, grudge-free, We used to be like this. What happened? Boom, and our minds just went, whoa. Intentionally provoking children is not right. Now, we know this verse. We quote it often to our children. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, part of the Ten Commandments. And here's the promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. The other commandments are thou shalt not, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not make graven images and worship them, thou shalt not have idols, thou shalt not covet your neighbor's wife and your neighbor's stuff. Thou shalt honor your father and mother that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. We had the unfortunate experience 20-something years ago of having a funeral for a teenager who was part of the youth group who had not honored his parents' request to not drive on a certain road when getting on 377, and he died in a car wreck. Does that mean every kid that dishonored their parents is going to come to an early death? No, but it increases the chances of such a thing happening. I mean, think about it. Who loves you? young people, the most. Your parents, they should. They care about you. If you need a kidney, who's most likely to give up one for you? Your parents. They have the right genetic makeup for you. Why would you disrespect them and dishonor them? 
think about it. Well, my parents aren't worthy of honor. Well, do it because it's the will of God. Honor as unto the Lord, right? Some children are really hard to honor and, and show any respect, but we do it as unto the Lord. In the name, receives a child in my name, not in their name, in the Lord's name, we will be rewarded. He goes on, verse 4, And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. It's not because I say so. It's because the Lord says so. It's not do as I say and not do as I do. What kind of example is that? Anybody can see through that. Colossians echoes this, chapter 3, verse 21. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. So we're talking about honoring the young. When you intentionally pick on them, to offend them, to embarrass them, to depress them, to call them names, maybe that's what was done to you, and you're just passing it down. Well, it helped make me a stronger man. My daddy named me Sue, and now look at the strong man I am. Well, you do that to your kid, it may not work out that way. Give him a name so he can be made fun of? I mean, come on. So, I think we got the point. Let's move on, Pastor Allen. Intentionally protecting them is righteous. It's the right thing to do. Why? Children are precious. They're priceless. They're expensive, but they are awesome. They will bless you. And if they honor their father and mother, guess what? When you get old and frail, who's the one most likely to come and jump your car off or come and visit you in the sickbed? Your children. This town is a retirement town. 20% of our citizens are over 65. So we have numerous rehab centers. Baby boomers won't go into a nursing home, but they will go into a rehab and in any of those, there's a number of people that have no visitors. And I often think this is sad when I visit there. I wondered if they provoked their children to wrath. And now they're getting paid back. Children are precious. You sow good seed, it's going to come back to you. It's a law of the harvest. They are future adults. It's not that they're little adults. They're future adults. The world wants to give them the same rights as adults. Oh, you don't give a five-year-old a driver's license. You don't give them the right to change their gender. You don't give them the right at three years old to have a machine gun. You honor them by preparing them for adulthood. The children around your table are future fathers and future mothers, but right now they're children, they're future adults, and you see the direction they're going, you train up a child in the way they should go, you see the bent in their bow, and you work with that and deal with that. Speaking of working with children, I would like for Mike Beauchamp to stand. Ladies and gentlemen, not only was he chosen as Teacher of the Year... Teacher of the Year, Granbury High School, right there.
he is also, he is also chosen as teacher of the year for the entire Granbury Independent School District. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. Would not be that if he did not have a godly measure of respect for the next generation. You disrespect a kid, he may be the policeman that pulls you over one day. You forget how fast you're driving. He may not be inclined to give you mercy. Think about it. And children can be heroes. We know all heroes at one time were children. But there's some children that are heroes even in their childhood. Let's look at the Bible. Abel, we don't know how old he was when he offered the perfect sacrifice. Isaac, miracle child, followed his father's instruction and laid down on an altar to be offered as a sacrifice. Talk about humility. Joseph saved his family because he was courageous enough to share dreams that offended them. He paid a price for it. In his paying the price, he humbled himself and remained faithful. And in a few years, he became prime minister of Egypt. Started out as a child. Miriam, Moses' sister, put her neck on the line by guarding her brother. Egypt was trying to kill all the male Hebrew babies to keep the population down. Sound familiar? So she was guarding and when Pharaoh's daughter found him and wanted him, she came up out of the bushes and said, I can find a nurse for him. Oh, would you do that? And she went and got Moses' own mama, who got to raise him till he was weaned. And we're not talking six months. We're talking a few years. Third world countries, they'll nurse their babies for years. Samuel, his mother, Hannah, had the unfortunate experience of being married to a man that had another wife named Penina. Penina had children. Hannah was barren. She prayed and prayed and prayed, and then in her prayers, she said, Lord, if you bless me with a child, I will give him to you. The Lord heard her prayer, and Samuel was born, and when he was weaned, she brought him to the tabernacle to live there as a boy. And he heard the voice of God and brought a word from God to the corrupt priesthood of Israel at that time and grew up to be a mighty man, started out as a boy, anointed David king, was a prophet, a priest. David met a giant as a boy, trustworthy young man, courageous, saved the nation of Israel as a youth. Jonathan, young man, should have been threatened by David. He was, had admirable qualities because David was going to take his daddy's place, not him. Uh, Josiah, eight years old, king of Israel, righteous, nothing wrong with him. Daniel and his three friends, known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Sheikh Anderson would say, in a bad Negro. <laughs> Those boys when captured, may have been as young as eight years old when they were made eunuchs. Became faithful men of God, started out as kids. The young Hebrew maiden spoke up, came out of the shadows and told Naaman, there's a prophet who will heal you. And he went, and make a long story short, he got healed. 
Mary may have been a teenager when the angel Gabriel visited her. Jesus Christ started out as a child. 12 years old, reasoning in the temple. I already shared this earlier. Went back home subject to his parents and did his part there. How about during his ministry, the boy that gave up his lunch? Who knows, boys can get hungry. He gave up his lunch. Five biscuits and two, started to say chicken legs, two fish fillets. And he got blessed. Timothy, young guy, Paul disciple. In world history, there's galore heroes. I'll just mention a handful of them here. Joan of Arc. 17 years old, rose up with a prophetic voice to the French who were discouraged, getting the tar beat out of them by the English. We can do it. I had a vision. And she rallied them, and they won two battles through her. The third battle didn't go so well. She got captured and burned at the stake by the British. Hero of France, 19 years old when she died. Who's heard of Paul Revere? may not have heard of Sybil Ludington. She rode nearly 40 miles overnight at only 16 years of age. The town of Danbury, Connecticut was being burned by the British, so she took off and warned people. 400 men were impacted by the news. At 16 years of age, at night, a horseback ride like Paul Revere made, warning people. She even fought off a highwayman with her father's musket to alert Americans that the British were coming. It was double the length of Paul Revere's, and George Washington personally thanked her for her service. Now, some people question her relevance in history. There's a monument made to her. You see a picture of it there, because nobody knew the story till after she died. Well, she was a humble person. Women didn't get the most respect back in those days. But the story got out, and I, I think she did something significant as a 16-year-old girl. Louis Braille invented the Braille alphabet. He only lived 42 years, and three years after his death, it was embraced by the culture as the official way for blind people to read. But he invented the Braille alphabet when he was 15 years old. Impacted the world. Who's heard of Anne Frank? She wrote a diary at 12 years of age. And in this day when people are wanting to deny the Holocaust, her diary, she's not part of some grand conspiracy after the fact, her diary is in their face reporting on the things that happened. We all know her name. So children can be future heroes, and even in their young age, they can be heroes. Neglecting children has repercussions. Remember this picture. A repercussion is unintended consequences. Europe's population is not kept stable by their birth rate. Because they're having fewer children, they're aborting generations of people. And it's going to come back to haunt their children. And maybe in a generation or two, <laughs> Europe will look different because immigrants need to get out of their places 
because it's so horrible to live where they live. I don't blame them. Go to there. Problem is they're bringing their culture with them that creates the scenario of unpleasantness. And so when you see an immigrant, do not resent them. Do not ask to see their papers. Love them. Give them respect. They need Jesus. Because they could be the salvation of of our nation if our nation doesn't change its ways. People are after your children, I'm telling you. The culture is. It's the spirit of the world. Target now and has a pride section where they sell pride bathing suits for little kids, and as well as bathing suits for adults, and the women's suits go as small as extra small. Won't that fit a big kid? And they are tuck-friendly. Don't Google that right now. But it's possible for a, a boy who's extra small to wear a tuck-friendly bathing suit and hide the fact that he's a male. What is, since when is that a, a something to be ashamed of? It's a social contagion. You know, uh, fads come and go, right? You look at pictures of yourself. Oh, I can't believe my mom let me out of the house with hair like that. Or I can't believe I wore bell bottoms. Or I can't believe my shirt didn't touch my belt. I can't believe, blah, blah, we laugh. Our children tease us, you know. Summer teases us. I can't believe you sent me to school looking like Anne of Green Gables. (laughs) Well, you liked it back then. But the the fad now is permanent changes to their bodies. When the problem is in the head. Hello? We're transformed by the renewing of the mind. If a child's suffering with anorexia, it's in their head, right? They think they're fat and they're not. I'm fat and I know it, so there you go. But to try to change their body to fix what's in their head is like offering an anorexic liposuction. Hello, I'm just saying. I'm telling you the truth. Remember the children's nursery story? The emperor's tailors fooled him. We sewed these wonderful clothes. Oh, and they got people to admire them, and they were nothing. They're doing this with their needle and thread. They're nothing. And they got the... the, Emperor to put on nothing. And he makes a parade in these new clothes. And the crowd's ooing and on, everybody pretending. Oh, he's wonderful, giving him affirmation, high fives. Man, you look good. Man, let's, let's throw money at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a little girl in the crowd says, but he's naked. <laughs> Everybody's shushing her down. And the emperor says, thank you for being honest. Shame on everybody else. If the emperor has no clothes, we do ourselves no favor by pretending he's not naked. Hello? If Charlie Brown misses the target, don't go and draw a target around his arrow. You miss the target, right? The problem is stinking thinking. Like Zig Ziglar said, we need a checkup from the neck up. Lord, forgive us as a culture. And rescue this generation. Convict those that want to castrate them, neuter them, change them, 
reject them. Send revival in Jesus' name. Why is this a trend? Well, bullying is a reality. Bullying was a reality when I was a kid. Uh, kids feel like losers. Well, I felt like a loser when I was a kid. Uh, they feel different. Well, I feel different when I was a kid. The problem was in my perspective, not in my body. I think I've said enough anyway. Bless you guys. Can we sing a song, guys? Let's honor the Lord. All I did was 
younger, 40 years old or younger, I want you to come up here and line up here in front of the altar while they're coming here. And this is going to be so painless. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. While the uh, this generation, this biblical 40-year generation comes forward, one of the things that uh, we have to recognize is that we serve a God who exists across time. He is the Aleph and the Tav, the Alpha and the Omega the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So when he looks at generations, he doesn't see a generation the way that we see him. He sees this generation in real time, real time. He relates to this generation in real time. And I have to tell you, as I stand before you uh, this morning, church, I want to admit that I have to repent because some of the words that come out of my mouth in regards to this generation are not blessings, but instead are, are curses. So I just want you to join me, all of you, the next, the older generation, to join me as I personally repent to them for some of the words that have come out of my mouth. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, I repent for whenever I have spoken a, cur- a curse against this generation that you so love, Lord. Help me to speak blessings into their lives, Father God. No more of the generalization about what this generation is up to or what they're capable of, Father. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would help to remind me every time I see a young person that there goes someone that you love so much, so much, that is so capable because of you, Lord. And I just ask that you would bless these young people In the mighty name of Jesus, I repent for speaking curses over them, Lord. And I thank you, Lord God, that instead you take those curses that I've spoken and you speak blessings and use me to speak blessings into their lives from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, here's the deal. Um, In the first epistle of Peter, the first chapter, there's a heading and it's called 
a heavenly inheritance. So I want to speak the heavenly inheritance over each and every one of you this morning. Hallelujah. I'm going to make it a personal prayer for each of you. I want you to receive it and leave with this inheritance. Grace to you and peace be multiplied to each and every one of you. Blessed be the God and Father of your Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten you again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You have an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you. You are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. You greatly rejoice through now, though through now for a little while. If need be, you have been graved by various trials. The genuine, genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen. And we just seal that over each and every one of you. That is your inheritance in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. gender issue in their homes. There's blackmail at work, folks. The threat of suicide. None of us like suicide, right? The threat of suicide being used to manipulate. Parents are being told, your son wants to be a girl. Would you like to have a living girl or a dead son? You have a choice. That's not the choice. There's plenty of people that have gone through the transition that kill themselves after the transition. So you want to fight suicide, stand on the side of reality and deal with the mind. Amen. The social contagion thing is real. There's little kids catching Tourette's because they watch someone with it. And now they want to have Tourette's because you don't have to be held responsible for misbehavior. It's appealing. So just saying, it's the truth. God bless you guys. Lord, we pray for those parents. You give them wisdom and strength. And Lord, as their friends, give us wisdom and strength as well. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for resources that are available. And Lord, we pray that you would renew our minds. Lord, may we be a mind-renewing agency in Texas in 2023. In Jesus' name. Lord, bless and keep your people. Cause your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. Lift up your countenance upon them and give them your peace in Jesus' name. 
Lord, may we have voices of reason and never be bullies. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go get them, Tiger.